Yes, I did. I did do that. Yes, and uh, yeah, that that happened. And um, yeah, well, there's nothing we can do about it now. Now, is there? Back on the air, you maniacs. My name is Darian. I have returned for another week of the usual strange and bizarre horror goodness that is the Padded Room Podcast. I am flying solo this week. It's not their fault this week. It's technically my fault. Well, it's technically my wife's fault. The old wife got a case of the Rona, boys and girls. Um, That'll happen. That'll happen from time to time. She's fine. Kids are fine. I'm fine. She had a minor cough for about a day and a half. And she made the mistake of going and getting tested, came back positive. rest of us are fine. Zero symptoms, but we all had to quarantine for a week. Uh, told Buddy and Monica to go ahead and chill out. I'm sure they were planning on doing it anyway. Uh, but I'm here, and I'm fine. And uh, no fever, no cough, no chills, no body aches. Um, I have been a little gassy. Lately, but I think that has more to do with my diet of gas station food. So, other than that, I, f- I feel like I'm in pretty good shape, um, all things considered. She's going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Don't worry about us, all right? I know you're thinking about worrying about us. Just don't do it. Uh, we're young, we're healthy, we got nothing to worry about. Neither do you, really. Unless uh, you're, uh, I don't have pre. Uh, Bad health conditions is, I think, is what I'm trying to get at, or comorbidities, whatever the fuck those are. No idea. All right. Anyway, enough of the horror story that is my life. I've got regular horror news to get into here, ladies and germs. Uh, horror news, listener mail, all the reasons you tune into this show. Let's kick things off with a little of the old horror news. There, ass wipes. What do you say? <laughs> That's something we don't say anymore. Ass wipes. Move it, butt wipe. Remember that? That doesn't get thrown around anymore. I'm going to try and bring it back, I think. All right. Horror news. Here we go. Horror news. Yeah. Uh, what do we got here? Any Stephen King fans in the house? We, we all are, right? Are we not? I'm sure we are. Uh, his latest book, oddly enough, titled Later, is getting a limited series from Bloomhouse. Has anybody read this thing yet? 
from what I understand, it's more of a, a crime drama. But it does, of course, involve a kid with some kind of psychic ability, because just about every Stephen King uh, movie or book does. It's got a kid that can uh, move shit, or has an imaginary friend that can see the future, or some other shit. Um, limited series from Bloomhouse. Don't know where this is going to be. Bloomhouse is going to make it, and then they'll probably put it on the open market. It might show up on a CW, or one of these streaming sites. I don't know. Bloomhouse lately, eh... And, you know, not, uh, not, not quite turning out the product that we're used to. Uh, the Purge movie, what was that last one? Uh, Forever Purge, eh, you know? Uh, now they're talking about another Happy Death Day movie, eh! Uh, whatever, man, they got that, uh, what is that, From the Bloom House, that show, that TV show? I, from what I heard, it's not too good. Uh, we have a new chapter of Dead by Daylight opening up today, as you hear this. I'm um, not sure exactly what it's going to entail, but it's it's going to expand on existing Saw characters. Now, for those of you that don't know, Dead by Daylight is basically an online video game. I would liken it to a hide-and-go-seek type of a situation. You have uh, five players in one match. Uh, one player plays as a killer. The other four play as survivors. Survivors have various tasks they have to accomplish uh, before they can make their escape. The killer, of course, is trying to kill them. The cool part about Dead by Daylight, ladies and gentlemen, is that the killers and a good chunk of the survivors have been taken directly out of some of our favorite horror movies. You've got a Michael Myers, a Leatherface, um, Freddy Krueger, goddammit, even though it's uh, Jackie Earl Haley Freddy Krueger. Keep your pants on there, horror dorks. Uh, what, who else is in there? Um, oh, uh, Jigsaw. And from what I read, this new, uh, chapter that's opening up tomorrow is going to expand on existing Saw characters. So right now in the game, you have, um, oh, what the hell was her name? Uh, fucking the chick. Uh, God damn it. Um, it's on the tip of my tongue. The, the young lady that, uh, kind of took over after Jigsaw died. Um, uh, Amanda, her name was Amanda. You have Amanda playing as the jigsaw killer. So you have a young lady in a pig's head in a red, uh, robe that runs around and tries to shank you. And then you have, uh, Detective Tap as one of the survivors. Detective Tap was, of course, uh, Danny Glover's character in the first Saw movie. I think he showed up in Saw 3 also, didn't he? Or 2 or 2 or 3, one of those ones. Anyway, uh, it's going to expand on that. So you got you got a lot of horror cred running around Dead by Daylight, dude. You got all those killers. You got Pyramid Head, Pinhead, uh, for for fuck's sake. Um, there's just a shit ton. If you're not playing it, uh, I don't know what your problem is. You should if you're listening to this show and you're not playing Dead by Daylight, you're you're the problem here, not me. I told you what to do. You don't want to listen to me. That's fine. Uh, looks like we got a new werewolf movie coming out. It's called The Hunting, and it is already available on video on demand. Um, I just happened to cross this today in my surfing the web. I'm going to have to check this one out. Maybe I can report in on it next week. Uh, it looks good. I did watch a trailer. It does look pretty good. Uh, what else we got here? Psycho Goreman. I know you've seen it. Uh, you probably loved it. I tell you what, man. The two kids in that movie. 
the the little girl and her uh, older brother. That is my daughter and my son to a T. My daughter and son are uh, five and seven. But when they get to be, I don't know, nine and 11, that's going to be those two. I guarantee it. Uh, Psycho Gorman Halloween Mask to be released this fall from Trick or Treat Studios. Very cool. Um, I don't know how you go out as Psycho Gorman without the full Psycho Gorman bodysuit. Because, I mean, really, you can't just wear the mask and then wear like a t-shirt and jeans or some shit like that, right? You got to have the whole thing. And um, I don't know. It just, it wouldn't, I don't feel like it would work without the whole thing. And if you did do the whole thing, I feel like that's probably a five to $600 operation, which is way more than I'm going to spend on a Halloween costume. Uh, lastly, here's something to get excited about. <laughs> you fat bastards. <laughs> Little Caesars will be offering a Batman-shaped pizza. The Batman Calzone uh, will be available starting March 2nd. And that's to coincide, of course, with the release of The Batman, the new Batman movie with uh, Pattinson there. I, t- I took a look at it. What you got is a pepperoni pizza vaguely shaped like the bat symbol except it's got like a calzone for the head and ears thing and it looked like it might have had two small calzones for like the the bottom wings too so i don't know if you're starving but you can't let go of your batman fetish for long enough to order a pizza there you go batman calzone you fat son of a bitch (laughs) i'm sorry Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you you wear it well. <laughs> All right, I'm not gonna make fun of you anymore. <laughs> All right, I'm 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 terribly sorry. That wasn't that funny. That's all I got on the horror news. Now it's time for you to make fun of me. Now it's your turn to fire back at me in a little segment that I like to call listener mail. Listener mail. Yes, sir, or ma'am, whatever uh, the case may be. Uh, Let's see what we got going on here. We got emails, we got voicemails, we got some crap uh, floating in the junk folder. Let's kick things off. All the way across the pond, here comes from Tokyo, Japan. Our main man, Lonely Bob, is in the house. Kevin, how are you today? Subject line, Creepshow 2. Hey, Darian, I definitely agree with you on Creepshow 2. The slime or ooze monster on the top of the lake was the scariest of all the Creepshow anthology stories, in my opinion. Especially when the person is laying down on the dock, then rolls over, and there's black slime covering their face and eating or burning their skin. That visual and situation stuck in my head as a kid. Kevin at Lonely Bob. You're exactly right, Lonely Bob. That's what, what, what got me, dude, about uh, the sludge in Creepshow 2 is that the kids look like they... First off, it was not a quick death, okay? That shit gets you. Uh, it doesn't just pull you under the lake and, and drown you. It, like, throws you about a little bit, you know? It toys with you. And the kids, as they're, like, reaching out for help and stuff, they look like they were in genuine pain. 
And the first chick that got it, she was screaming, it burns, it burns. Holy crap, man. What is it, like dissolving your skin or some shit like that? It looks nasty. And then, you know, watching this with, uh, I I did watch this one with my kids. And we were going to do a uh, Creepshow 2 Patreon episode, but they tapped out. Um, that, that scene that the, exactly the one you're talking about there, Kevin, where, uh, the chick rolls over and she's got it on her face. That, that scene is a little bit rapey, you know, I don't, I'm not gonna, you know, disparage George Romero or Stephen King or anything, but, uh, that but to, if you haven't seen it, there's a thing in the lake. These kids are trapped on a raft, no oars or paddles. Uh, they're just adrift in the middle of this lake. Uh, two of the ki- two of the kids get killed, and then there's a guy and a girl left, and the girl falls asleep in the guy's arms, and then he starts taking some liberties, <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. And uh, he's thinking he's going to get lucky there, but then the, the the lake sludge cock blocks him. And to be honest with you, even if he did get lucky, that I don't know if that's consensual or not because she's asleep, and I don't know. I just, I just feel like you can't be doing that. Uh, right on, Kevin. Thank you for writing in. Oh, he, uh, came in again. Subject line votes. Hey, Padded Room crew. In the battle, in the final battle, Syl versus the Killer Tomato, my vote goes to the Killer Tomato. Well, Kevin, we're not doing that yet. (laughs) Sorry, buddy. Um, you know what? I'm going to write these down in case you forget, though. Uh, my vote goes to the Killer Tomato. Syl's attempt to seduce the tomato fail, and the giant beefsteak tomato swallows her whole. Also, I've been watching Archive 81 on Netflix, Slow Burn, suspense horror sci-fi series based on the Archive 81 podcast, and several episodes directed by Benson and Moorhead. Oh, very cool. Recommended for suspense sci-fi lovers or fans of the Benson-Moorhead films. Very cool, Kev. We'll get around to checking those out eventually. Uh, Let's get out to Parts Unknown. Here comes Freddy from Out on the Open Road Somewhere. Subject line, sexy tomatoes. Well, I survived the South and people who can't handle a bit of snow. Currently in upstate New York and headed across the top to Washington State next. Yes, we are assholes, but now you get to write sexy alien food erotica. LOL. See Rule 34. You're welcome. Stay safe out there. Cheers, Freddy. Uh, Rule 34, if I'm not uh, mistaken, is the rule that says whatever your sexual kink is, there's a porn site dedicated dedicated to it on the internet. So if I were to type in um, alien tomatoes porn, there would probably be a website for it. I do not want to, to see alien tomato porn, uh, Freddie. No, thank you. It's bad enough I have to come up with this shit by myself. I don't, I don't want any other creative influences on me because I feel like that would just make me feel dirty, dirtier than I already feel. Which I do, by the way. Thank you very much, you motherfuckers, for voting for Sill in a goddamn tomato. All right. Let's see what we got else uh, going on here. Hey, it's a brand new Patreon subscriber. Woo! Uh, let's see. It is. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's none other than Carter Burke, everybody. This motherfucker, (laughs) this motherfucker, Carter Burke, he is now in the $5 tier. So we, I have to, I have to uh, send him a t-shirt 
a coffee mug, and Carter Burke now has control of the month of March. You hear that, Carter Burke? It's yours. You have it. I'm sure whatever the movies you're going to name for me are going to have a plethora of full frontal male nudity. Uh, That's fine. That's fine. You think I'm going to tap out? You think I'm going to back down to you, Carter Burke? You're wrong. I will watch full frontal male nudity, but give me some gay porn horror. I'll watch it. I don't care. Fucking Carter Burke. You don't don't scare me, Carter. (laughs) Thank you very much for your donations, Carter Burke. (laughs) Let's get over to jolly old England. Here comes uh, the horror slut herself. Cat is in the house. Subject line, fun times on night shift. Evening gent and or gents. Hopefully you have some company tonight or can find a temporary visitor soon. Perhaps a cowboy that I have heard lives in the area. Hee <laughs> hee. I was thinking about how the Terra Dome is split into two groupings and noticed that while one is a rather silly and fun flight set, the other is a bit more logical and serious with the matches. Either way, I enjoy what you write greatly and do enjoy more than a few giggles when you have the odd silly fights. Your edu- Educate movie, I feel, was aimed at me with being Night Shifter. God damn it, man. Cat is good. She's got me. I was Night Shifter. Uh, good job, Cat. I didn't think... Uh, that's a pretty obscure film. I didn't think anybody was going to get that. But well done, Cat. Uh, night shifter, as I always work night shift, but thankfully the dead did not speak to me at work, though plenty of odd things do happen in the wee hours of the morning. If that happened, I would definitely need a rather substantial raise. I would make for some interesting stories and raises the question, would you be good with the information or use it for personal gain? Well, of course I'd use it for personal gain, cat. You think I want to listen to what dead Aunt Matilda has to say if she's not going to tell me who's going to win next week's lottery or the outcome of the American Super Bowl? Come on, cat. Let's go. What else? What else? She's dead. <laughs> she's going to tell me to she's going to basically give me a laundry list of people I need to say goodbye to uh, loose ends that she needs to tie up. Hey, hey, Aunt Matilda, I'm sorry, but uh, I work all night long. And I'm not going to be your undead uh, errand boy, okay? I'm going to prep you for autopsy or whatever the hell that guy did. And that's going to be the end of our story, okay? Now, if you want to uh, fill me in on where you buried the treasure, then we can uh, do business, uh, dead Aunt Matilda. In the meantime, I bid you a fond adieu in the afterlife. Uh, where was I? Plenty of odd things. Uh, would it substantial raise? It would make them for the interesting question. Would you be good with the information or use it for personal gain? On that note, it's time to get started on the second half of my double shift. I look forward to listening and hope you have a wonderful night, Cat. Thanks for writing in, Cat. Absolutely. Um, good luck on with the double shift. What is that? Like sixteen hours? I don't. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing over there, but it sounds miserable. Uh, let's get back here to Reno, Nevada. Here comes the cowboy. Subject line: shenanigans. Evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and someone made it in tonight. If not, maybe we'll get a return of Deacon's Joke Hour. Ha <laughs> ha. Don't have much this week, but I did watch Horror Noir and thought it was fun. I'm still looking for something to actually scare me. Educate, I only know because I watched the trailer the other day at work. It's Night Shifter. I think you're right, cowboy, but I think you and Cat are having a bit of a thing where like one of you researches it and then the other one googles it or something like that i don't know i think you two 
are working together on the Educate Daring. I'm going to do a deep dive tonight, you two. Hey, good luck with this one because I'm digging deep. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to fucking dig deep. And uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, what am I doing here? Uh, with the Night Shifter, haven't watched it yet, but it's on my list. Hopefully it's good or at least gets good reviews from you. That will decide if I watch it or not. Um, I would say it's a pretty, it's a, it's a, it's, it's not a bad show there, cowboy. It, um, um, there's nothing wrong with it. I will say that. And I'm not going to ruin it for you, but, um, just, uh, yeah, if you're dead, just, just go ahead and shut the hell up is I think what I, what I want to say. Uh, whatever secrets you have or had or whatever, take them to your grave. And if I happen to be the dude that puts you in said grave, I don't want to know. Even if it's about my wife, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know any of it. Just go, just get, get in the ground and we'll call it even. Uh, I will say, Darian, you have a good reason for Syl to actually win the fight that I hadn't thought of. Xenomorph is a ruthless killing machine, but animal intelligence really, where Syl learns and adapts very quickly. By the way, thanks, Tim, for dreaming about me, big guy. Hubba hubba. Oh, yuck. Oh, yuck. (laughs) I did finally get a chance to make frames for some canvas art I bought a while ago, and I'm sharing a picture. Soon I'll have it hung properly in my garage. I did have a random non-horror find at a thrift store, a signed copy of a book from one of my favorite series. Best part is I paid a buck fifty. Ha ha. Awesome score. That made my day. Well, back to the grind. Hopefully you've gotten a few days off, Darian, and same for Buddy. Best wishes for Monica and her family. Catch you on a flip. Cowboy. Oh, nice, cowboy. Cowboy got one of those segmented... Um, horror uh, canvas jammies. You know, you've seen them. I know you. I can't. I can't explain what it is, but it's like a giant horror mural, and it's cut up into one, two, three, four, five, six different pieces, so you can kind of space them out a little bit. It's very cool, cowboy. I'd encourage you to post a picture of this on the padded room uh, Facebook page. Let everybody know. I'm. I'm. I'm not doing it justice. I can tell you that. Uh, right on, cowboy. Thanks for writing in, big dog. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Let me dip into the junk file here. Over on the uh, Outlook junk file. Here we go. We got some things floating in the junk bin. Uh, speaking of junk, here comes Carter Burke himself. This fucking ass. <laughs> oh, that is beautiful. <laughs> I am sorry. Uh, what Carter has sent me is <laughs> is a picture of a hot dog with my face on it. <laughs> I may have to get this blown up and post it somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I want my kids seeing this, but I do want it definitely prominently displayed, uh, perhaps in my office at work or something. (laughs) You son of a bitch, Carter Burke. (laughs) Okay. I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I can't. uh, All right. Well done, Carter. You got, (laughs) you got me again. You son of a bitch. (laughs) Speaking of, uh, hot dogs, let's get down to Southern California. Here comes, uh, Tony. 
Subject line, it's not getting better. <laughs> I'm so, That hot dog picture really caught me off guard. <laughs> okay. Greetings, padded room. Here's a question for you. Is Mia Jovovich overrated? What has she done that was so great? The fifth element is great, but she is just hot and speaks gibberish. A number of actors could have done that. Ultraviolet is trash. The fourth kind wasn't good. And these Resident Evil movies are just bad. Her and her husband keep making these movies because they keep making money. But at any point, they could just stop doing it. And I don't think anyone would be clamoring for more. Well, that's kind of what they did, right, Tone? Uh, what, uh, 2017, I think, was the last official installment of the Resident Evil franchise. Or at least that Resident Evil franchise. Um, other than that, I mean, she's, she's hot. I'll give her that. Um, she's got some action chops. I, 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 I don't know if she does her own stunts or not, but like, as far as seeing her in some kind of a, uh, moving masterpiece or something like that, where she really, you know, expands on her craft. I don't think we've seen it. Uh, but she can do the, she can wear hooker boots and do a kickflip. So I guess that takes talent, right? As for specifically about this movie, it's not good. I wouldn't say it's worse, but it for sure isn't better than the last one. Here's a couple of things I wrote down about it. So at the beginning, right before Alice goes out the window, she throws a grenade or a flashbang at the Umbrella soldiers. It grabs all of their attention, but doesn't go off. So it just as easily could have been a dog biscuit or a houseplant that they all would have been just as easily distracted for her getaway. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to touch on that. Uh, I got, I don't have much to talk about as far as the movie goes this week because it's really just shoot, 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 airplane, bang, 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 rooftop, uh, kick, punch, kick, uh, sewer system, bang, flip, kick, uh, boat, end of movie. Pretty, pretty much, that, that pretty much is it. But I'll get more into it when we get to the movie tone. Uh, is Alice a Jedi? She is dodging bullets now and using a force push. All the Resident Evil games would be so much easier if you were a Jedi. I agree. Um, Resident Evil games, though, aren't really like action games. They're more like puzzle-solving things. Alice is dual-wielding Smith & Wesson 500s. That's what it looked like to me, man. Um, that's not really... Uh, I don't. I don't know about that. That guy has a six-foot vertical jump. Why? Oh, it's because he is a basketball player. Yeah, we needed to point that out. It's a good thing Michael Schofield from Prison Break was there to help them eventually break out of prison. Yeah, you're right about that. These cleavage spiders are weird. (laughs) I didn't really think of them as cleavage spiders, but I think that's probably the most eloquent way I could describe those things, whatever they were. Anyway, enough about that. I watched one other movie this week. It's called Until Death, and it's on Netflix and has Megan Fox in it. It's kind of a home invasion with a final girl, but not really horror. It's fine. Worth watching once. Anyways, until next time, Tony. Right on, Tony. Thank you for writing in, sir. Uh, Let's see. It looks like we got some voicemails here, boys. Let's see who's calling into the old uh, mental health hotline this week. I believe this to be the man from Alabama. You know him. You love him. Don't act like you don't. It's Alan. Alan of the Cha-Cha. 
Patty Room, what's, what's up? What's up, Alan? Pterodome. That, that, that tomato. We're not doing a that. mighty tomato and still. I mean, it's yeah. like a little skillet. I know. Tomato. I know. Anyway, Darian, um, I thought you were Cemetery Man, but I know that's not right. You're very close. I'm not sure who it is. Enjoying the shows as always. Really like that version of Staying Alive. Uh, what band was it? Uh, that's all I got. I'm going to blow your mind. I'm going to blow your mind right now, Alan. Alan, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at right now, I want you to find yourself a place with some internet access. Go to YouTube and check out a guy by the name of Leo Mariacoli, I think. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. He's this Norwegian dude. I think he's Finnish. Or better yet, just Google Frog Leap Studios. All this guy does is heavy metal covers of all your favorite pop songs. Um... He's got albums available to buy on iTunes. Uh, He makes these ridiculous music videos and puts them on YouTube. Great stuff. Let me just, uh, let me get his actual name and I'm going to tell you how to find him. Uh, It's Leo Moracchioli. Leo, M-O-R-A-C-C-H-I-O-L-I. I have no idea how to pronounce that. Moracchioli is what I'm going with. Uh, you're going to love this guy, Alan. He did that cover. He Basically, any song you can think of, he's, uh, he's covered in a heavy metal version. Plays all of his own instruments, too. It's, this guy's bananas. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Back to Southern California. Miss Monica's pod boyfriend himself. Here comes Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey, hey you. Patty Room, how's my favorite degenerates this week? It's just me. Uh, hope everyone's doing good. By okay. everyone, I mean uh, just Darian, yeah, I assume. Just, just uh, chilling solo. As usual. Anyway, thanks for keeping up. We always appreciate it. Well, thank uh, you. I just wanted to get in real quick. Um, yeah, I know we got no Terror Dome this week, and yeah. uh, I got to admit, you caught me again on the uh, educating my Okay. I want to say I think I know this one, but no. I don't know. I mean, no. you got me for my time. It's obscure. I just uh, didn't have a chance to catch the immersion therapy flick. I don't know I about that I did have one. a thought, though. If uh, Cowboy is still buying beers, I'd like to change my vote to Sill. I don't know if that's uh, in the cards, but if he's still buying beers, you can put me down there. Okay. Anyway, uh, hope all is well with you. Oh, on the, um, what are you looking at? The park. Yeah, what do you got? Um, I got to catch the thing again. Very nice. Uh, man, that, that movie probably is one of the, it just keeps getting better. I right. Think, you know, every viewing you catch a little bit more yeah. or you have another d- different thought about it. Good flip, man. Totally. So, so good. Really recommend it. And then I also, uh, I don't know. I got to catch, I mean, I know we've talked about it before, but that flick murder party. You like that? Um, I, li- I, I don't like know. It's it maybe the third time I've seen it. Sure. Just a fast little fun flick it is. Uh, on Netflix. Uh, I don't know why, but I, I really like that flick. I mean, it's, it's just a fun, fun, good flick. It's funny. Anyway, that's all I got this week. Hope all is well. Love you like family. Bye now. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Thanks for calling in, big guy. It's funny that I, it's often like forgotten or glazed over that the same guy that directed Blue Ruin and Green Room also directed Murder Party. Because these are like... Blue Ruin and Green Room are very dark, abysmal, guttural fucking horror movies full of violence and blood and, 
very uh, gory and just some of the nastiest shit you've seen. And then you have Murder Party, which is actually a lot of fun. <laughs> it's kind of a, it's kind of a, well, it's more of a comedy, really. But I mean, it's ridiculous, and it's a lot of, it's a lot of laughs. Right on, Tom Hardy. Thank you for calling in, my friend. We are going to jump into the uh, conference championships in the Terror Dome here in a little bit. Uh, but for right now, I feel like I need to go ahead and get into a movie. Back to the world of Resident Evil, my friends. This was the start of an apocalypse that would sweep the entire world. That was five years ago. My name is Alice. The last survivors followed a radio signal to Alaska. We offer safety and security. But I could find only one. Claire, who did this to you? Umbrella. We have to move on. Our only chance for survival is finding the source of this signal. This is Arcadia. We offer safety and security, food and shelter. The men responsible for this disaster took refuge underground. The Umbrella Corporation feels safe. Everything is quiet here. They feel secure. They're wrong. Now this is a pleasant surprise. Yeah, it is Resident Evil Afterlife from 2010. This one got 5.8 stars on IMDb, written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, making his somewhat triumphant return to the franchise. Uh, it stars, of course, Mia Jovovich, Ellie Larder, and Wentworth Miller showing up in this one as Chris Redfield. Uh, you'll recognize him, as Tony alluded to, from the TV show Prison Break, which was pretty popular. Uh I don't know, mid mid two thousands, I think. If that does that sound right, I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so let's do a little recap of where we left off in Extinction before we, we get into Afterlife. So at the end of Extinction you'll recall um Alice made her way down into the uh Area fifty one hive where she uncovered an army of Alice's. And uh, she was going. She was issuing holographic threats to Wesker and the Umbrella Corporation about uh, what her and her army of Alice's were going to do to them. We're going to find you. We're going to kill you. You pricks. All that stuff. While Wesker and his guys were in another Tokyo hive, um, 
and that's where they were holed up. So from there, um, what's a, a fucking uh, Claire Redfield and Kmart stole an umbrella helicopter and were headed to Alaska because that's where that mysterious notebook that Alice found said they should go. Said there was an infection-free zone up there, and that's where they should go because, you know, safety, security, food, water, all that stuff, and no infection, no zombies. That is where extinction ended. Now, (laughs) here is where afterlife picks up. So we're going to pick up in the Tokyo Hive with Wesker and Umbrella Corp. Now... Uh, well, actually, we pick up before that. We pick up with the fall of Tokyo. We see, like, one random Japanese zombie infecting Tokyo, downtown Tokyo, and then it just spreads throughout Tokyo. And then four years later is when Alice hits. So we, we would have to assume that those events took place about the same time that Raccoon City fell. And then we would have to assume that four years after that is when... uh. Alice and her army of Alice's show up at the Tokyo facility. Okay. That's what we're going with anyway. So that being said, I, I, the first question that comes to mind is this umbrella corporation. Okay. It's just that it's a a corporation. Now we are in a post-apocalyptic world. Who the fuck is still going to clock in and go to work every day if your family is, is if the apocalypse is struck, you know what I mean? Wouldn't these people be out looking for food and water and, you know, clean air and stuff like that? Or were they allowed to bring their entire families down there with them? And if that's the case, Alice is a terrible murderer. She murdered thousands of innocent civilians with this little situation. All right, anyway, um... Alice gets into the the Tokyo Hive, gets down there, kills a bunch of dudes. They finally take her down. Uh, Wesker and his elite security guards take down Alice. But then, of course, four more Alices pop up, and then the whole army of Alices shows up to go after Wesker. Uh, make a long story, there's a lot of unnecessary, ridiculous action going on here. A lot of Matrix-esque uh, wall-running Things like that. Of course, the sprinkler system is going to get tripped, and we're going to get like a whole rainy day fight sequence of water being kicked around and splashes and things like that. It's very, you know, it's very Matrix is what it is. About eight years too late, but it's still very Matrix-esque. Uh, make a long story short, Alice kills everybody, the army of Alice's kills everybody, almost kills Wesker. Uh, Wesker takes off in an Osprey and then triggers the self-destruct thing on the uh, the Tokyo Hive, which kills everybody to include the entire army of Alice's, okay? Except for one that actually snuck on board the Osprey with him. Uh, as he's taken off, he blows up the Hive, kills all the Alice's. At, remaining Alice and Wesker, who may or may not be the original Alice, mind you, are in the Osprey uh, kicking each other around. We find out that Wesker has very similar powers to Alice. He's got glowing red eyes, by the way. Well, that's not good, right? <laughs> uh, he can like kick up a. He can kick her across the room and all that stuff. Uh, he injects her with some kind of shit that nullifies her T virus. 
And uh, it, it's like an antibody or something like that. He explains it, not that it fucking matters. It's an, it's an antibody that nullifies her T-virus and basically makes her completely normal again. Or so we think at this point. Uh, now, mind you, as Tony alluded to, at this point, she had like Jean Grey Jedi mind powers and was doing all kinds of fun shit, uh, you know, fucking making people bleed through security cameras and things like that. Okay, uh, crashes the Osprey, uh, Wesker gets killed in the crash, Alice walks off, and now she, from there she manages to find herself a plane, and she remembers that um, uh, Claire and Kmart were headed to Alaska. So she's like, I'm going to, I suddenly know how to fly the single prop plane, I'm going to fly it to Alaska from Japan. I don't know how much gas those things can carry. And you know what? I'm not going to ask any questions. (laughs) So she goes hauling ass up to Alaska. Uh, She's flying around. She kind of ballparks the grid coordinates of where they might have landed. She's looking for Arcadia, Alaska. Uh, I don't know how she arrived at Arcadia. I don't remember seeing that in the notebook, but I'll buy it. Sure. Uh, She lands somewhere close to quote unquote Arcadia, Alaska, which apparently is right on the coast. Lands there, starts looking around, doesn't find shit, uh, keeps walking around, more zombies, kills them, eventually happens upon the Umbrella Corporation helicopter that Claire and Kmart stole. So she's like, oh, there's their fucking helicopter. Uh, I should be close. Uh, Maybe somebody around here. And then she sees like a whole landing strip full of helicopters and airplanes and other things that people have flown or driven there to Arcadia, but still not a soul around. So she's looking around and then out pops what appears to be a homeless chick and tries to jump Alice. Uh, Alice does some kick flips and spin moves on her, as you know, Alice's want to do. And uh, we get a we get a close up look at this chick. She's she's haggard, she's horrible, and she's got, as Tony put it, a cleavage spider on her chest. Now, I personally thought this was kind of hot, Tony. It's basically a robot-looking spider thing with a red flashing light that sits right between the two boobies. <laughs> okay? Um, kind of hot, but in this big fight, uh, Alice manages to kick the uh, cleavage spider off of this young lady, and then she goes unconscious, and then we realize, oh, shit, that's Allie Larder, Claire Redfield, from Resident Evil Extinction. So you're like, oh, yeah, very cool, I found you. So she ties her up, and then they, they have a campfire, and then eventually Claire comes to, and she's like, what the fuck is going on? And Alice is like, oh, uh, yeah, yep, they put the old uh, mind erase on you, didn't they there, babe? And she's like, who are you? What am I doing? I don't know. And Alice is like, well, you might remember me from our adventures in Las Vegas, or our... Uh, trip across the barren Nevada sand dunes. By the way, Nevada looks nothing like that. Uh, you may also remember me from helping you steal that helicopter. And she's like, I don't remember my own fucking name, knuckle- knucklehead. So Alice is like, you know what? I, lo- I, uh, I like you, so I'm going to take you with me. I'm going to tie you up and put you in the back of my plane here. And we're going to go try to find some more civilizations because apparently this Arcadia thing is bunko. Now, they didn't really look. First of all, Arcadia was supposed to be a town. Um, They didn't really go any further than that little parking lot on the coast. You'd think they might, you know, check the place out a little bit better. Nope, we're just going to get in the plane and take off. 
So from there, and only via some dialogue, we realize that they stop at Vancouver, then Seattle, then Portland, then San Francisco. Eventually, they make their st- apparently stop at all these places, and nothing alive is there, just more zombies. Eventually, they make their way all the way down to beautiful Southern California, the Los Angeles area. <laughs> Which doesn't look that different today than it does in that movie. Um, it's pretty fucked up, you know, apocalypse, uh, black sky, fires, smoke, zombies everywhere. It looks absolutely miserable. Uh, they're circling LA and they happen upon a high rise prison and a bunch of people with help us signs on the roof flagging, flagging them down. So they very riskily land on the roof. I don't think, I mean, I don't think that's possible with a single prop plane. Those things need like at least a good quarter mile to come to a complete stop. Somehow they managed to land on the roof, almost going off the other the, the edge of the other side of the roof. Uh, they get out and they meet the survivors. And here we're going to meet our, our group of new knuckleheads, uh, or as I like to call them, the coming body count, because that's exactly what they are. We've got a uh, shady movie producer, Played by Kim Coates. I don't know why Kim Coates always has to play a douchebag. He's been the 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 go-to douchebag in some of our favorite movies. He played a douchebag biker in Skinwalkers. Um, he played other douchebags. For some reason, I feel like he was in. Um, I don't know. He's just he's just a go-to douchebag. You know what? Let me look him up on IMDb real quick. I guarantee you, most of his movie credits are going to be either villains or douchebags or douchebag villains. I know he was in Skinwalkers. Um, He was also in... Hold on now. Kim Coates. Stop it. Um, He's not a bad-looking dude, either. He's got kind of a weird nose. Uh, Goon, he was a douchebag in that one. Bad Blood, I don't remember. Godless, I don't remember. Donkey Head, uh, no. Um, Van Helsing, no. Um, ba, 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 hold on. Uh, the Prospect, Mutant World, I'm sure he was a douche. Oh, he was in uh, Sons of Anarchy. I never really got into that show, but I'm sure he was a douchebag there. Um, he's just like a go-to guy for douchiness. You know, and it, uh, I mean, it's, I guess it's good for him because it keeps him working. You know, he's kind of a typecast if you need a douchebag. He was also in Prison Break. Uh, Smallville, yeah, doucher. Uh, I don't know. I guess he just has some like, like a douchey face about him. Anyway, we've got Kim Coates playing a douchey movie producer by the name of Bennett. We have Crystal, who is probably his, um, aspiring starlet that he was nailing on the side. Very attractive young lady. Uh, we have his little assistant guy who is some Asian dude. Uh, we have an African-American gentleman who I guess was an ex-NBA player turned uh, billboard watch salesman, superstar, or something like that. And then we have a random Mexican guy who I guess is really good at fixing cars. There's a few others in there, but we don't need to know their names or what they do because they're going to be dead in a few minutes. So what we find out when we touch down and we meet these these chuckleheads is that they, too, are looking to get to Arcadia. 
And Alice is like, well, hold the hell on. Arcadia is up in Alaska. How are you going to get there from here? And they're like, oh, Alaska. No, we've been shooting signal flares. Arcadia is right over there. So they hand her some binoculars. She looks just off the coast. Apparently, this uh, prison is right on the coast. Very scenic for a prison. Uh, right off the coast is a ship named Arcadia. And it's just kind of harbored there. And they're like, we know, we need to get over there. We've been receiving radio transmissions from them. Uh, they got food and, and water and stuff. And they're promising safety. We just got to find a way to get over to them. So we were hoping that you they sent you to us to pick us up. And she's like, no, I, I thought Arcadia was in Alaska, bros. So I don't know what you're talking about here in L.A. That's right there. She looks in the binoculars. It's a ship called the Arcadia, and it's right there. And she listens to some of their uh, um, radio transmissions. It's the exact same ones that they were picking up in the first movie that they thought were coming from Alaska. So she's like, oh, it's a fucking ship, dude. That's why there was nobody in Arcadia. It's a fucking ship. Okay, well, that makes sense, uh, but they haven't received one of those radio transmissions in a couple of days, and they're starting to get nervous, like maybe there was an outbreak on the ship, and now they're all dead or zombified or who knows. So, uh, very cool. We got, some, we got some thoughts. We got some plans here. We think about maybe taking the airplane over to the Arcadia, since the airplane is still there. Uh, bad news, you can only take two people at a time. Uh, more bad news. It's really difficult to land on that um, uh, rooftop. So the chances of them being able to do that over and over again without crashing or wrecking, very small. So let's let's focus on another way. Uh, as soon as the sun goes down, they start showing uh, Claire and Alice around the prison. They got a dude locked up like on the first floor in his own personal cell block. And uh, we don't get to know his name. We know his name is Chris. And if you're a fan of the video games, you'll know exactly who that is. That's Chris Redfield. Why he's in prison, he's supposed to be a cop, we have no idea. But let's face it, we've gone completely off the rails as far as the video games go. And really, we're just putting these characters in for name value. Uh, He's like, my name's Chris Redfield. I've been locked up in this cage for about four months now. Somebody gonna let me out of here. I know a way out of this building. So they're all like, yeah, you're you're locked up for a reason. We don't know what the reason is, but we're pretty sure you're dangerous. We're going to keep you locked up. Okay. Uh, very cool. That's going back and forth. While that's going on, we're going to cut to outside the prison gates. There is a very big something walking around downtown Los Angeles. It's uh, huge. It looks like a space marine. It's got a sack on its head, and it's carrying a giant... Um, what I would call a halberd hammer, like a pole axe kind of a thing. Uh, and it's dragging it behind it like a pyramid head style with a sword. And it's making its way towards the fucking prison. So it's huge. It's probably going to want to get in there and kill somebody. And that's pretty gnarly. Now, while that all that's going on, we figure out that there's like a new breed of zombie. Or, like, the old zombies are evolving somehow. And basically, they're now growing tentacles out of their mouths, which is pretty intense, I guess, for lack of a better... I don't, I don't know. I felt like they were trying to do, like, a Blade Two thing, except it was all CGI, and it didn't... I don't know. It just didn't look very good to me. I, whatever. Anyway, that's pretty scary shit, too. Um, very, and Periodically, as this story unfolds, we're going to cut to satellite imaging of Alice and Claire 
and somebody somewhere is still watching them. So it's like they're still an umbrella corporation, but I don't understand how. We're in a post-apocalyptic world at this point. The only way you're going to retain an army is if you can pay them. And what the hell use is money if we're in a post-apocalypse? You understand what I'm saying? So why are all these these mercenaries, why are they still showing up to work, I guess is what I'm saying. Because, you know, you've got like bioengineers. And more to the point... I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but this entire storyline seems genuinely flawed because you have Albert Wesker, or uh, the CEO of Umbrella Corp, and he's still trying to like enhance the T virus for a bioweapons program. Okay, who the fuck are you going to sell it to? The world is over. There's no more countries. There's any, and even if somebody had, or some country or faction or whatever, had the money to buy it off you, what do you think you're going to do with that money? There's no place to spend it. It's The world is over, my friend. I don't know what you're doing. If anything, you'd think, and this is kind of the flaw in the logic, that they'd really want to work with the Umbrella Corporation. They'd, they'd want to go, you know, hey, you guys, hey, uh, I'm a movie producer. Um, I'm not much used to you, but if you let me into your compound, maybe I can make uh, some propaganda films for you or something. I don't know, something like that. Uh, let, and they should be working on either a cure for the T virus, which they're not, they're just trying to perfect it or some way of like, like some like other virus that will decimate the zombies to make the world inhabitable again for humans. I I don't know, man. I don't understand (laughs) like big picture. This movie doesn't make a lot of sense. You got to turn your fucking brain off, uh, Fast and Furious style, if you want to enjoy these films. All right, anyway, enough about that. Um, So now the zombies are stacking up. Uh, They're starting to to bang on the gates and shit, and it's starting to get a little freaky. Uh, Eventually, Claire is like, hey, we need a way out of here. Yes, we do. Let's go talk to the guy in the cage. So uh, Alice kind of brokers a deal. Hey, we're going to let you out of there, and you can show us a way out of this building uh, but if you try any funny shit, I'm going to blow your face off. So he's like, yeah, okay. As soon as we let him out, he's like, Claire, is that you? And Claire's like, uh, yeah, uh, I don't I don't know. Who, uh, what? He's like, Claire, it's me, Chris. And we find that this is supposed to be a tearful reunion between Claire Redfield and Chris Redfield. Now, I am okay to sign off on this because Claire Redfield picked up somewhere in Southern Nevada, which is not that far away from Southern California. So I suppose maybe somehow they uh, were together at one point or were trying to find each other and then got separated. And then the cleavage spider and Chris getting locked up. You would think that they might, you know, hash that out a little bit with some dialogue. Hey, after after we left mom and dad's house, I went and joined the, you know, something like that. Just to bring us up to speed a little bit. No, nothing. None of that. Uh, all right. So Chris is all happy. He gets to see uh, uh, Claire again. Uh, Alice is like, okay, how are we going to get out of here? He's like, okay, check this out. In the garage, there's an APC, an armored personnel carrier. It's got four-inch steel plating on each side. It'll sustain, it can withstand a 20 megaton blast uh it's got a v8 in it we can get it up and running we can run right through those fucking things and she's like okay great but what happens when we get to the coast well i hope we can find a boat okay 
Uh, we're going to need guns. There's an armory in the basement. Nobody knew about it except for me. Okay, great. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, by now, the big thing with the hammer is beating on the fucking gates. So, like, oh, shit, we got to make this quick, y'all. Okay, you go open the goddamn garage. Make sure the APC is in there. Get it up and running. Perfect. They run down there. It's uh, the, um, ah, shit, the fucking uh, movie producer, uh, his personal assistant, and the Mexican guy. Run down there. Check out the APC. It's there. Excellent. Good times. Uh, Claire, um, the hot uh, starlet chick, Crystal, Alice, and Chris are going to go down to the basement and grab as many guns as they can. So that's what they do. They realize that as they the lower they go, the basement is actually flooded. So they have to swim under a bunch of floors, come up on the other side where they find the armory, grab some guns. In that, they get attacked by zombies. Apparently, there was underwater tentacle zombies down there. Goddamn underwater tentacle zombies. I tell you what, if I had a nickel... For every fucking time that I was attacked by underwater tentacle zombies, I try to take my kids to the lake. These goddamn things are tickling my toes, tugging on my ankles. I'm trying to have a good time, play some volleyball. These motherfuckers, man, they should at least put a sign up. Beware of underwater tentacle zombies. Anyway, uh, unfortunately, the hot starlet gets killed. I don't really see what happens other than she gets pulled underwater. Uh, That happens. Pretty nasty. Uh, from there they go back up. We th- fucking movie producer guy. What they get into where they uh the APC is and the engine has been taken out of it. It's it's there. They have it, but it's like six feet away. The uh, Mexican guy is like, I can get it running, but it's going to take me at least a week or two, maybe maybe two weeks. And the producer guy throws himself a shit fit and kills the Mexican guy and basically feeds. The, the his little assistant guy to the zombies to buy him some more time. Uh, here comes Claire, Chris, and uh, Alice up, and they're like, okay, we got all these guns, let's go. Get there, they find the dead body of the Mexican guy. They're like, oh, shit, well, that didn't work. Go running back inside, because now the zombies, along with the big thing, have breached the gate and are now rushing the uh, prison. Uh, the producer guy has gone upstairs, back to the roof, and has commandeered the plane. And somehow this knucklehead knows how to fly a single prop plane all of a sudden because he just takes off into the sunset, gets in the plane. Uh, the basketball player's like, you motherfucker. Uh, so they go running back inside thinking they can barricade one of the cell blocks. And this is where we find out that the underwater tentacle zombies are actually underground tentacle uh, tunneler zombies also because they pop up right where the fucking uh, shower stalls are, and they take the basketball player and pull him down, and that's the end of the basketball player for a little while. We're thinking he's dead, but it is not to be. I'll get to that in a second. So from there, they're like, oh, shit, how are we going to get out of here? Here comes the big thing uh, right into the shower stall. we got to have a big fight between Alice, the big guy, and Claire. Uh, Alice, for some reason, loads her shotgun with, a, with stacks of quarters, I'm no weapons expert, but would that work? I don't think that would work. I feel like that would blow the barrel apart or something. I don't. I don't know, but that's that's the gimmick they're going with. Um, Alice and Claire manage to uh, beat up the 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 big guy and eventually blow his head off with a stack of quarters. Big big elaborate action scene there. Uh, lot lots of water kicking and flipping and 
you know, people getting sprayed and Mia Jovovich dripping wet and Allie Larder whipping her hair around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I, I can't tell if I'm supposed to beat off to this or not because uh, if you're going to show me a big fat zombie in the middle of it, that's going to kill a boner. But then you got these these two attractive young ladies sopping wet, doing kickflips and stuff in very form-fitting outfits. Anyway, eventually they kill that, and they're like, okay, well, the only way out of here now is to go into the tunnels that this big fucker just made, so they go dipping into the sewer, right? Uh, Big chase through the sewer. At this point, we're down to um, Chris, uh, what's her name there, Uh, Alice, and Claire. That's it. That's all that we have left of our original survivors. So we get out. We get apparently they make it out of the sewer. Uh, they get to a um, a boat, just a random like a like a not maybe it was a zodiac. I don't remember. They take the zodiac, uh, which is a tactical raft for you non-military folks. They take the zodiac out to the uh, 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 Arcadia, climb on board. It appears to be completely empty all of a sudden. So. It's out in the fog, and they're like, okay, well, it's great. Uh, we don't have to worry about zombies because the place is completely empty. Start looking around. Nothing. Nobody. Nowhere. Looks like everybody left in a hurry. What the hell? I don't know. Uh, look at the ship's bridge. It's empty. It's anchored. It's not going anywhere, so that's good. Start looking around the cargo holds. They find one that has got three or four of those Umbrella Corporation Ospreys in it. So, like, oh, that's cool. They go to another one that's completely empty, but it's got one of those data slates laying on the floor. So, oh, let's pick this up and check it out. Pick it up. It's got a manifest of all of the people uh, that they've picked up. So basically, what we're going to learn via this data slate is that uh, the Arcadia is an Umbrella Corporation vessel, and it's been going up and down the North American West Coast, stopping at major population points and picking up any human survivors that they might find. Uh, Once they get the survivors on board, they sedate them and immediately start genetic experimentation. Why? Why? What? The the world has ended, okay? Your your profit margin is officially at zero because there is nobody anywhere ever that is going to buy your products. They're not going to purchase them from you with currency. There is no more currency, you maniacs. So why continue this? It's a bit of a writing flaw. I get it. But looking at the big picture here, and I know, I know, I know what you're saying. St. Darian, stop thinking about this. I can't. I can't not think about this because it doesn't make any fucking sense. All right. Anyway, um, that's what's happening. Lo and behold, on the uh, the manifest, we have Kmart. Remember Kmart? She was um, uh, Spencer Locke's character from Resident Evil Extinction. She's on there. So they start uh, hitting all the, the keys and all these like cryo chambers start popping up from the floor and we start seeing all these survivors that are there and they've got the uh, cleavage spiders on them and they're like, oh shit, they're uh, fucking with these people. We got to set them all free. Okay, very cool. Uh, Alice kind of wanders off because there's like a suspicious blood trail. So she starts following the blood trail and it looks like a couple of these uh, cryo chambers have been broken into somehow. <clears throat> follows the blood trail and she it, it she follows it all the way to this other chamber that I can only describe as um a throne room like like this is the iron throne of the umbrella corporation SS Arcadia somehow and sitting on the iron throne of course is Albert Wesker 
doing his best Agent Cooper impersonation from The Matrix. And he's like, Alice, so pleased you could join me. I've been waiting for you. And then they get up. He gets up. uh, He's got a couple of zombie dogs that come at her. Chris and Claire make their way in also. They help her fight off the zombie dogs. Uh, Wesker now is basically Agent Cooper. He's doing all the kickflips and throwing people across the room and dodging bullets and all that fun Matrixy stuff. <clears throat> Eventually, they put a pretty good beating on uh, Wesker. Uh, they kick him around. Uh, they shoot him, like, a lot, and then he goes down, and then he crawls off, and... Uh, What's her name there? Alice is like kind of following him. Like, yeah, I know he's motherfucker's not going to die again. So she's like one step ahead of him because he's going to pull a Resident Evil Tokyo on him. And she knows that. So she finds the self-destruct mechanism, the big explosive in the Arcadia and puts it in the Osprey. And then she lets him make his big escape. So he gets in the, uh, he gets, he crawls off into the Osprey takes off he's like haha alice i fooled you again and then she's like oh shit guys come on so they go running up to the the upper deck and then he hits the um uh self-destruct thingy and the uh for the arcadia but the explosive is actually on his osprey so it blows up his osprey and him with it and she's like hi i didn't want you guys to miss the big fireworks show so yeah uh he blew himself up and then we see all the uh, the survivors with the the cleavage spiders come in their white body suits coming up to the the upper decks, and they're like, "What? Happened? I don't even know what's going on." Uh, and they're like, "Hey, everything's going to be cool now. We got Umbrella Tech, and we're going to try to fix this fucking world. And you guys are going to help us rebuild humanity." But then the camera pulls back, and you see like fifteen to thirty black ospreys circling the Arcadia as if to. We're gonna we're gonna shoot the shit out of the Arcadia and blow everybody up, I guess. And they've all got like squads of umbrella mercs on board. That's when the credits start rolling. They roll for about a minute and a half, and then we get a credit cookie of somebody briefing one of these squads of mercs on one of these ospreys. And she's like, Gentlemen, you are in for the fight of your life. She's a hot blonde. Okay, and she's walking up and down yelling at these mercs, you're going to get be shot at and you're going to be kick flipped and spun and she's got superhuman strength and speed and she's Jean Grey from the X-Men. And then when the this hot young lady turns around, we realize it's uh, Sienna Guillory who played uh, Jill Valentine. It's It's supposed to be Jill Valentine. Now, you will not recognize her as Jill Valentine because now she has long blonde hair. And let's be honest, Sienna Guillory has a very forgettable face. It's not to say that she's unattractive, but the only way you would recognize her is if she was dressed like Jill Valentine, which she is not. So I had to like do do a IMDb trivia to figure out if that was supposed to be Jill Valentine or not. It is. It is supposed to be her. Um, you wouldn't know it from looking at her, but she's got a cleavage spider on, and she seems pretty pissed off at Alice. And uh, she's going to go down there with these Umbrella Mercs and do some real damage. That's that's the movie right there, inmates. Resident Evil Afterlife. You'll notice that it only took me about 20 minutes to go through the whole movie. It's an hour and a half, actually. But uh, I'm not going to like describe in detail these action sequences because they're nonsensical. It's a lot of Matrix-y 
crouching tiger, hidden dragon knockoff type of kung fu. A lot of samurai sword throwing. A lot of uh, unnecessary water effects. And Mia Jovovich hovering in the air for 25 minutes. <laughs> Things like that. You know, it's fine if you want to see that. It, it, it looks good. Or at least it did in 2010. Now it seems kind of silly. Uh, this isn't... I, the problem I have with this installment is that there is very little actual story here. It's just one action sequence, a few lines of dialogue, next action sequence, people crawling through a tunnel, next action sequence, here come some zombies, and that's pretty much the end of your movie right there. Um, I, if, if you really want to see Mia Jovovich and Ali Larder do kickflips in a prison shower then by all means. I'm going to say that this, that this is probably the low point of the franchise. I got two more movies to do, technically three, and uh, th- it's not getting any better. You're right, Tony. It's not getting any better. <laughs> all right, I'm going to take myself a break. We're going to come back with some other stuff.
Hey inmates, if you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I'm back, baby. <clears throat> Here, again, we have this thing, and I don't understand this, this concept in writing, especially as it pertains to zombie apocalypse movies. I, I'll give you a little bit leeway this time in Resident Evil Afterlife because it kind of makes sense, but you have the group of survivors that are holed up in a safe place, and then one of them goes, I don't want to die here, and then we decide to leave the safe place to take our chances with the flesh-eating zombies. What the fuck? I don't get it, man. <laughs> Why would you want to leave there? I would much rather die of starvation than being bitten to death by walking corpses. I, they made it kind of make sense this time because they were promised uh, food and safety just across the bay on the boat. So I kind of get it this time. But like a Dawn of the Dead type? No, no. Don't leave the shopping mall. Why do you want to leave the shopping mall? In the original Dawn of the Dead, it makes sense because they get invaded by the bikers. But in the remake, I don't want to die here. I do want to die here uh, of natural causes or maybe starvation or something like that. Not being bitten to death by zombies, okay? I don't get it, man. I don't know why they keep going back to that trope either. It happens all the fucking time. I don't understand. All right, anyway, are you guys ready? For the conference championships in the 2021 Terradome Tournament. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll be crazy. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotional face, the blackest eyes, the devil's To the Terradome. We are in the Asylum Conference Championship Round. As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not much of a writer at all. Life had been unbearable for some time now. Town to town, state to state, never in one place very long. No friends, no boys, no nothing. Just her and her father. But now, even Sharon's sleep was haunted, ever since the cult of Metatron had tracked them down in Springwood, the nightmares had been getting worse. The nightmares had always been there, but now they were different. 
a dirty old man with horrific burn scars and a razor glove chasing her without end. The old nightmares were of similar sights, the burn victims of Silent Hill along with the wrath of Alessa Gillespie and her torment. Within Sharon's restless sleep, another battle would occur. The old man from Springwood would soon meet Alessa's personal executioner. If Sharon was to live, Pyramid Pyramid Head would have to prevail. For the Asylum Conference Championship, we have Freddy versus Pyramid Head. I'm going to have to take Pyramid Head on this one. And the reason why is because I don't believe Pyramid Head sleeps, uh, as we saw in Silent Hill Revelation, when he's not uh, walking around murdering the uh, cult members. He kind of goes into he goes to the carnival and he powers up that that uh, merry-go-round with the hooks and the chains and all that shit. So I think th- that's really all he does is walk around killing people and then back to the uh, carnival, and that's that's it. So I don't, th- I, I, you never see him like um, lay down, you know, or even sit down. Well, I guess he has to sit in that thing, but uh, I don't think he sleeps, dude. And I think that's going to be Freddy's downfall. No sleep equals no power for Freddy equals uh, you're probably going to lose, Frederick. That That's my opinion. That's your Terra Dome matchup for the weekend, mates. It's Pyramid Head versus Freddy Krueger. The mental health hotline is area code 775-3870275. Or get me on the regular old email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. Think about that one. And it's weird. Kat brings up a good point. It's weird how the matches kind of lined up because uh, in one conference, the Asylum Conference was all like the serious competitors. And then in the uh, Inferno Conference, we had a fucking tomato. And uh, a uh, a sill, for Christ's sake. She's going to fuck you to death. All right, anyway, think about that. Give me your votes by next week. In the meantime, I've got to tell you what movies I got to watch this week. In a little segment called, What Are You Looking At, Laddie? What are you looking at? Yeah, um, not a lot this week. I got to watch a few movies. Suburban Nightmare, Chris Watts. I have been wildly obsessed with this case, and I don't know why, but I think I do know why now, and I think I figured it out. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Chris Watts case. There's a great uh, uh, documentary on Netflix. I think it's called American Murder or something like that. I talked about it uh, about a year ago. This one just popped up. I watched it on Tubi. It's called Suburban Nightmare, Chris Watts. Um, It's nothing I hadn't already seen. And if you saw the one on Netflix, you don't really need to watch this one, except, like I said, I'm wildly obsessed with it. So Chris Watts is an American family annihilator that kind of um, blew a head gasket back in 2018, murdered his wife and his two young daughters, and tried to cover it up. Of course, he got caught, and so on and so forth. Now, the thing that kind of resonated with me, number one, um, his daughters were the same age as my kids. Number two, his family bears, or did, bear a striking resemblance to my own. And for the life of me, I couldn't under, I wanted to understand what made him do this, or what what separates me from him, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. 
Uh, I think I figured that part out. So I think that I, I, I watched both documentaries. I read the book. There's a book called Letters from Chris. Um, I read the book. I have it around here somewhere. It's written by Sherry somebody. Um, I think I figured it out, man. I think I know what the basis, what, what caused that to happen. Um, I'm just speculating here, but in my opinion, knowing what I know and read, having read what I read, there was no Chris Watts, per se. There was just Shanann Watts's husband. He didn't have any identity outside of being her husband and their father. He didn't have any friends of his own. He didn't have any hobbies of his own. He was just that husband and father, and that was that. Now, there's nothing wrong with that if that's your existence. Um, the problem was that he was never happy. And as soon as she left for a two-month vacation with the kids and he was left alone, he immediately started cheating on her. Now, rather than face her wrath when she came back or go back to his miserable life of being Shanann's uh, husband, he decided to wipe him out. That would, that would have been the easy... It's like hitting a reset button on your family life, I guess. Um... I don't understand it myself. I mean, now it's all over. He's in prison for the rest of his life. The three of them are dead, and the mistress is gone, changed her name, never to be heard from again. To be fair, I will say, the mistress was pretty goddamn hot. Um, but that not was, that withstanding, dude, you can ask for a divorce, you know? You can, you can get a separation. You can even just pack your bags and go. It's a shitty thing to do, but nobody has to die. You know, that's, I don't know. This whole thing is like struck some kind of a weird nerve with me. But uh, I watched that. That's streaming on Tubi right now. And then as if to perform some kind of a palate cleanse, <laughs> I watched Monster House from 2006 with my kids. Uh, it's animated. I'm sure you've seen it. It's about the house that comes alive and, you know, uh, swallows dogs and kids and cops and basketballs and anything that lands on its front lawn. I watched it with my kids. I have every intention of doing a Patreon episode with them about Monster House, per Kevin's recommendations, uh, getting them to come in here and sit down for a few minutes and not walk off and pick up a Nerf gun or some shit. That's a whole other level of, uh, I don't know, I got to catch them when they're sleepy or something. I don't know, I don't know, but I'm going to, I'm going to, Work on that, and we're going to try to put out another Patreon episode. Uh, that's all I'm looking at, inmates. How about some immersion therapy? Immersion therapy. Did you get a chance to watch uh, The Whole Truth? Whole spelt W-H-O-L-E. It's on Netflix. Uh, Korean, I be- or Indonesian, I believe. Possibly Filipino. I'm not sure. Um, not a bad show. A lot longer than it needed to be. It. I would qualify this as in the realm of J-horror, like with the ghost girl and the effects and all that. Um, I thought we were going to do a Shyamalan-type twist. Towards the end. I thought they were going to say that uh, these weren't actually the grandparents. If you didn't see it, I'll give you a brief synopsis. Um, single mom raising two kids. 
uh, gets into a car accident, has to send the two kids to live with her parents while she's in the hospital. And via this hole in the wall, uh, they kind of peep into their next door neighbors on the duplex and they come to realize that that house next, next door is the haunted house. But for some reason, their grandparents can't see the hole in the wall. So now they're kind of freaking out and their grandparents are acting more and more suspicious the whole time. There's a twist at the end. It all gets explained. Um, it's two hours. It does not need to be two hours long. We got a healthy dose of teenage high school drama mixed in with this, which I don't feel was necessary at all. Um, other than that, it's not a bad show. The, t- the twist is kind of neat. Um, it's not bad. It's not, you gotta, if you watch it with the subtitles, which is what I did, some of the dialogue is very silly, (laughs) very silly. Uh, I mean, not the subtitles, the English dubbing, it comes across very silly, but again, I read at a third grade level, so I'm not going to keep up with the subtitles, not without pausing and rewinding every 30 seconds. So there's that. Not bad. Definitely worth checking out. Your immersion therapy for this week is going to be The Last Thing Mary Saw uh, from 2021. It's streaming on Shudder. Something to do with some kind of a religious persecution. Uh, Looks like 1800s or something like that. I don't know. Some kind of period piece. Check that shit out, inmates. I will do the same, and we can compare notes next week. But now, my friends, it is time to educate me. Educating Miss Monica. My clues from last week. I am working the night shift at the local morgue, and for some goddamn reason, whenever a dead body gets in front of me, it just starts talking to me, like we're old friends or something, divulging all its secrets and, uh, you know, telling me where the fucking shit is and where I, what it, how sad they are about dying and how who they're going to miss. Very depressing, actually, until the neighborhood asswipe happens to buy it in a car accident, comes in here, and tells me my fucking wife is cheating on me. Now, I had an inkling she was cheating on me, but now I know, and now I know who with, and wouldn't it be a real shame if my wife ended up on the table too? I am, of course, the Night Shifter, streaming on Shudder. I believe this is Brazilian, or possibly Chilean. It's South American. It's a pretty good show. Um, The only problem I had with it is that when they made the, the dead bodies talk, it was like a weird CGI animation thing. And it kind of, like they were dead, they weren't moving, but their mouths were moving. And it, it was kind of a weird thing. If you saw it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but the story itself is pretty good. And it definitely kept me interested. Uh, who might I be this week, you ask? Well, I'll tell you what. i am pretty fucking pissed off at my mom's new boyfriend really though i'd be pissed off at any dude my mom was seeing um he's some rich guy and he's taking me and my mom to his stately estate out in the woods uh with some of his other rich douchey friends 
uh, and we're gonna spend the weekend there. Really, he's trying to fuck my mom. I know that. I know that's what's happening. And he, she's, she's into it too. She brought a bunch of lingerie and shit. Um, little does she know, there's a bunch of, of uh, goddamn zombies crawling around underneath this place. And the more they hear us traipsing around and partying, the more closer they get to coming out from the ground and wreaking havoc and end up chewing everybody up and stuff while they're trying to have sex in various places around the estate. Um, it's pretty gnarly. And I should tell you also, I fully admit that I am breastfeeding uh, well longer than I should be. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty possessive of my mom and, uh, and her boobies. And periodically, I try to drop a digit. <laughs> I, I try to drop a digit on her. Uh, she didn't seem to appreciate that. <laughs> it got me slapped last time. All right. Uh, who might I be? You wonder. Tune in next week, and I will uh, drop some knowledge on you there. In the meantime, I think that's about going to do it for me this weekend, mates. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in and sending pictures of hot dogs with my face on them. <laughs> uh join me next week for resident evil retribution here in the padded room uh we're we're getting there dude we're fighting through the resident evil franchise we got uh three movies well two movies in this franchise and then the reboot which is much better and then we can finally be done with this i was thinking about doing the animated ones too but then i decided not to because i i don't i'm i'm done i'm already done i've checked out uh so do that. Uh, PaddedRoomPodcast.com is where you can find the link to our Patreon account. $5 donation gets you a travel mug, a t-shirt, and control of the month of April is now wide open. Fucking Carter Burke has uh, March, you sons of bitches. Get ready for some bullshit. Maybe it's movies about hot dogs. I don't know. In the meantime, for Buddy and Absentia, Monica and Absentia, hot dogs with my face on them, Zombies with tentacles that get underground and underwater. Uh, big guys with uh, poleaxe hammer things. Um, Dead by Daylight, which is dropping a new chapter tomorrow. Very excited for that. Uh, Family Annihilators and the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. <laughs>